Welcome to the Digital Brand Builder Podcast, where we bring you the best growth strategies from the world's experts to help build your business fast. And now, here's your host, Mark Fidelman. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Digital Brand Builder Podcast. Today, joining me is Dylan Ogline, and we're going to talk about direct response advertising and how to do it well. And he's been doing this for a long time. Uh, he is bragging that he's a high school dropout from rural Pennsylvania. And we made an exception to allow uh, this high school dropout on this program. Uh, that's a joke, everyone. But glad Dylan's on the show. And Dylan, before we jump in, can you give us you know, a 200 word or less background on yourself? Hey, Mark. Uh, yep. Thanks. Uh, thank you so much for having me. And I really appreciate you making the exception on the whole uh, high school dropout. <laughs> uh, middle school. We cut it off in middle school, okay? You at least. Okay. All right. So I, I did finish ninth grade. So, so at least uh, <laughs> I did make it to, to high school. So, so yeah, I guess, uh, you know, I could start with that. Um, yeah, from a small country town in Pennsylvania. Uh, I did drop out of, of high school in the 10th grade. Um, started my first business when I was 14. And, and also like that first business was why I ended up, uh, you ended up dropping out of high school. I realized that uh, if I wanted to, I definitely wanted to get into business. So by, uh, the logical thing to do at the time for me was, uh, was to drop out and focus, uh, go hundred percent into business. That didn't really pay off that well. Uh, the next, you know, 12 or so years was a lot of struggle, a lot of um, bouncing around from one business idea to the next, getting absolutely nowhere. Uh, and it wasn't until that I really focused on, you know, one single thing, which was, you know, digital marketing, right? My digital agency work. Uh, and then one single service with that, uh, with that digital agency work was, which was digital marketing management, managing ads for clients. Um, so that was probably two or three years ago that I really switched focus uh, on that. And, you know, now I have a seven figure agency. Uh, I mean, live honestly my dream life before COVID. I was able to actually travel around the world. <laughs> uh, long distant memory now. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been completely different the last couple of years once I completely shifted bouncing around trying to chase you know too many rabbits at one one time and uh just focus on one single thing and and here we are um with just the agency okay and that agency focuses on what direct response or other things direct response marketing yes so we manage ads for our our clients um and it's always direct response uh 99 of it is is facebook and google we do play around with youtube as well okay and let's before we jump in let's uh, define what you mean by direct response advertising in the digital marketing space. Sure. So I think, I think I should start by when most people, especially older folks, uh, baby boomers and whatnot, when they think of marketing, they're thinking of an ad in the newspaper uh, or a TV ad that's, that's all about brand awareness or, or something along those lines or a billboard where you can't really track it or, or something like that. With with rec response, you know, it can mean different things for different industries and different niches, but it really comes down to, you know, the, the customer clicks on an ad, they're taken to a page, a landing page or whatnot, where they take a very specific action. They're scheduling an appointment, 
uh, to get a quote. They're requesting a quote for, uh, you know, an RFP, a request for proposal. Uh, those types of things. The, the, the potential customer is taking a very specific direct action. Okay. So, good. And then now that we have that defined, um, mm-hmm. what, what's the top three platforms that you do this for right now? Uh, it would be Facebook ads uh, primarily, Google ads for more B2B. Uh, and then we have been playing around with YouTube. Uh, I am not, you know, we, we did talk before the show here, yeah. you know, about Jason shiny objects and whatnot. I am very much so against, uh, I used to not be this way, very much so used to not be this way. But, uh, but now I focus on the tried and true things. Uh, you know, like right now, everybody's focusing on TikTok ads or whatever. I, right. I I don't even know what that means. I, I don't, I've never even used TikTok in my, in my life. So uh, three or four years from now, if that becomes tried and true, they get better with their platform. Okay, maybe then I'll take a look at it. So, uh, f- you know, for me, it is, you know, Facebook ads have been around for years. Their platform gets better and better. And now it's, you know, it's an incredible platform for advertising. Google ads, same thing. Uh, and YouTube is, is really just taking off now. It's just a little bit more difficult to, to get to work. Yeah. Okay. So Facebook is like, everybody's doing it. Everybody's on it. Uh, I just find it, um, I mean, it's a good platform. Don't get me wrong. I use it with, with my clients, but it just seems like once they stripped away all that, those targeting um, things that you were, you used to be able to do, it's mm-hmm. become a lot more about guesswork, but maybe I'm wrong. What would you, let's start with Facebook and what, what would you say the state of Facebook direct response advertising is in right now? I, I could honestly go into a very deep conversation about, you have to understand really how Facebook works, how, how the Facebook algorithm works. It is different than, um, you know, say, I'm going to jump, I'm going to talk about Google first. So Google is, you know, somebody specifically typing in, um, you know, f- you know, uh, fence installers, I'm just, I'm just randomly yeah. going fence installers, <laughs> fence installers in Orlando. Okay. They're, they're specifically typing that in or now, you know, obviously because Google tracks your IP and whatnot, they know your location. You just type in fence installers and it's going to show you fence installers in your area. So that you're getting extremely targeted and that person, you know, say you're a fence company and you're, do, or you're a marketing agency like me and you're doing ads for a fence company, you know, you're targeting specifically people who are already searching for that. Right. With Facebook, it is the deeper, stuff that you can't even guess about your clients or your potential customers. So you think of, you know, you, you talked about targeting, think about, uh, you go back 15, 20 years ago, let's say you're, let's say you're a car dealership, which I know I'm bouncing around in industries here. I apologize, but say you're a car dealership, you sell trucks and you want to target more customers. What do you do? All right, well, I'm going to do radio ads. So then maybe you ask a couple of your customers, well, what radio stations do you listen to? Oh, we listen to country music, right? That's targeting. So then you target, you, you start running ads on country music stations, local country music stations. That, that's pretty much all you know about your clients. You might be able to figure out their age, 
you might be able to figure out their income bracket. You might be able to figure out that they like sports, but it's very limited. There is a million different, an infinite number of psychological metrics that are similar to that. How aggressive is the person? What are their political views? Just really deep, deep stuff that we can't even grasp. Facebook knows that stuff about us. And it's not like they have like a file on you or something like that. People misunderstand. So when you start doing Facebook ads and you let the algorithm run, you let it go, it is going to find people who engage with your ad based on an infinite number of psychological traits that you would never know to target. Hmm. Is, is that making sense to you? Yeah, it does. It does. And I know it self-learns based on behavior and lookalike audience and all that. Yes. So I agree. We, it's, it's the best targeting. My biggest problem was they removed a lot of that targeting for privacy concerns. So it's an interesting balance that they've obtained. That, that is certainly true. But it, it comes down to once you let the algorithm run itself, you know, you can't, you know, you can guess about your clients that they like country music or they, you know, they're, they're Republican or the Democrat or, you know, they have conservative views, liberal views. I mean, you can guess those things about them, but, but Facebook knows, you know, when, when somebody's on their phone and they're, they're, they're scrolling through the feed, which by the way, I just need to comment that I absolutely hate Facebook and I don't use it myself. <laughs> I think it's, it's totally addicting and it's bad for you, but Hey, you know, people use it. When you're on your phone and you're scrolling, okay, how fast you scroll, Facebook is tracking that. When you type, how aggressive the language that you use when you add a comment, the things that you engage with, the, the things that you like, um, the news stories, the videos that you watch, the stuff that you click on, Facebook's watching all of that while you're using their app. Facebook, and obviously the Facebook pixel, Facebook knows what websites you've been to. So that they know that people that, you know, say, you know, go back to that, to that dealership example, they know that people who, uh, you know, buy trucks tend to, you know, visit NFL.com. Yeah. <laughs> Just a random example. Facebook knows that stuff so that they're able, their algorithm, their AI is able to get into that deep psychological stuff and track you and, and, and target your ads beyond anything that any human could guess. Right. Yeah, it's well, really I, boring stuff. <laughs> no, it's not boring. I mean, people, people <laughs> listening to this are, are going to be interested in that. Yeah, you know what? That is true. That is true, yes. The, the thing for me is, okay, Facebook is, is one way to target people that don't know that they really need your thing or to get them to do something else like take a survey or join an event or something like that. And it's based on mm -hmm. your interest. It's almost as if, you know, you're – uh, you're just scrolling in your feed and you come across, Facebook knows that you, they, or thinks that you are going to be interested in this. So it shows you this particular ad. And a lot of times it is targeted. It's relevant. Um, I don't know if they're listening to my conversations or, <laughs> or they're just that good at determining what I like. But yeah, it, it, it is pretty good. But beyond that, let's say, say the targeting's right. What kind of an ad creative uh, copy how, how do you put that together to get the greatest conversions um, from, from your direct response? See, that where, that's where you 
you never know. You, you just have to test, test your assumptions uh, and test fast. I'm, I'm very, very much going to break things and move fast. And do you, you use know, a technology are, for that? Or do you just throw out 20 ads and see which one wins? Throw out 20 ads and see which ones wins. Okay. That's yeah, I, try, I try not to keep things. I try to keep things as simple as humanly possible. Yeah. And, and really it's, it's, it's all about engagement that it got at, at its core. That's what Facebook's all about. That's what YouTube's all about as well. And it's, it's really just putting stuff out there and trying to guess. And I also think that once you, you know, want, you know, when I'm teaching people how to start their own agency or whatnot, I, you know, I tell them, you know, focus on a niche. And, and the reason you want to do that is as you write ads for the same niche, you know, say you're just doing car dealerships because we were talking about that before. If you're writing ads for car dealerships, you're going to get better and better and better. And then as you add more clients, you're going to get better and better and better. So I think it's, you know, your first ad is going to be terrible. So just write it, put it out there. And, and put out multiple and just test your assumptions. Don't, don't be looking for the silver bullet. Just, you know, you don't, don't look for the magic, the secret cheat code or something like that. Just, just do the work, put it out there and see what works. Yeah. Okay. And, but how do you know how to get started with it? I mean, what, do you look at competitor ads? Do you look at uh, other creative that's out there? How do you suggest people kind of get started to Interest. get in the right ballpark? I think it's a good idea to look at I'm, – I'm very much so against looking at competitors or, you know, analyzing competitors. You have to be very careful if you're doing that. Uh, but if, if you are starting from scratch, you've never written an ad before, uh, whether it's Google, Facebook, whatever. Yeah, I, I think – if you've never, ever written an ad before, I think that's probably a good place to start. Uh, or just Google like good, you know, you know, good Facebook ad examples. And you'll, you'll find people, uh, people are looking like, what's the perfect Facebook ad copy? What does it look like? And they're, 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 that doesn't exist. That's not real. So just get out there and look for something and just look for examples and then let your own mind run and just, just, just write. <laughs> Don't overthink it. I, I know that's that's. People want, you know, this the little secrets to to things like that. And I, I get this all the time with students when the, you know they're, well, how do I write the ad copy for for a client? Like, don't overthink it. There is no secret. It's one of those things where, you know, how do you teach somebody to ride a bike? Just just go ride it. Just, I mean, try to, you know, here's, here's how to move and here's how to ride the pedals and whatnot, but you, you're not going to learn to ride a bike until you actually go and do it. And you're not going to get better until you just continue to ride a bike. And I know that's not pretty. It's not what people like to hear, but I think when it comes to, to copywriting, writing ads and things like that, you know, look, it's okay to look at examples, but just do it. You just got to do the work. Okay. And doing the work in terms of copy how do you get inspired for copy? Are these things that you've written in the past that you know kind of trigger something emotionally within your prospects or your clients' prospects? Or how, how do you look at copy? Uh, definitely emotion. Emotion is something you want to tap into. And, and that comes into knowing, knowing a lot about your, in my particular case as an agency owner, knowing what 
my clients, customers are looking for. So uh, I'm going to switch away from the car dealership because I do want to give you an example here because I think it, it hones in. Uh, we work with uh, um, one of the niches that we work in is plumbing and heating companies like HVAC companies. And our clients aren't looking for repair works. They're looking for new installs. Okay. So like getting a, a new furnace installed, getting a new boiler installed, like that's the kind of work that they like. So when we're writing an ad, we have to understand what is the customer looking for? Okay. They don't care about, you know, the features of the boiler to get heat in their house. They want to, you know, they're, they're tired of their high, uh, you know, energy bills, their high electric bill, their high gas bill. So you want to, you have to understand the emotions that are, that are triggering those people to buy. So in that particular case, you know, you're going to talk about like, you know, are you sick of high energy bills? Um, Or are you tired of freezing in the middle of winter? Or if it's summer and it's like, say if the Florida HVAC company, are you tired of, is your wife complaining about sweating? Like that is actually an ad that's worked well. <laughs> is, your, is your wife complaining because your house is too hot? Uh, you know, like that stuff is tapping into emotion. It's not talking about, hey, we got great AC units or, you know, hey, we got energy efficient furnaces. It's, it's talking about the emotion. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and getting that to work though, can be a challenge. Uh, and like you said, you really got to know your audience. You really got to know what triggers them. Um, Absolutely. Politics, it's pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But when you get into something uh, like, I, I think you used uh, an example about cars or lawnmowers or fences, that yeah, gets a little harder. Right? I, then you have to get a little bit more creative. Um, this, is where, this is where, really, Mark, with, with Facebook in particular, um, you know, Google is, is different is a different animal. But with Facebook, it's really about letting the AI, the algorithm, figure out what drives your people, what drives the customer. That's what, like, once you get it going, it almost like runs its, in, in my experience, once you get it going, it almost like runs itself because Facebook has figured out the targeting. Right, the but they're not figuring out the, the creative and the, and the copy, though, I mean, you could have crappy creative and, and copy, and I don't care how good the AI is; it's not going to convert for you, right? Um, I mean, you, I mean, you, <laughs> yes. The answer to that is certainly yes. But I, I think so many people, uh, a lot of folks, they get they get caught up. Like, it's really hard to write bad copy, at least in my experience. I, a lot of people, you know, they. I've had students in, in my program where they're like, oh, I'm terrible at copywriting. I'm like, okay, let me see an ad. And I like, I take a look at their ad. I'm like, that's not bad. <laughs> I think it's a lot harder to write back to, to, if you're trying and you're taking a look at examples and you're actually putting some effort in, I think it's a lot harder to write bad copy than it is to just write, you know, it doesn't need to be ex- like the best ad copy ever. And that's kind of the key to Facebook is, in my opinion, it takes away the fact that the copy needs to be incredible. You know, it, if, it, if you write just decent copy with Facebook, you're probably in the right direction. Okay. And I, I would actually add one more thing here is I think it's key to you want to write, and this is probably more with Google, but you want to write copy that pushes away the wrong people. Like say, 
you know, I was talking about the um, the fence company, the fence company with with with, uh, uh, with Google Ads. Like you wouldn't want to like if, if you if you install. I've never worked with a fence company, so I don't know. But say you install high-end fences, which I presume is a thing. Okay, you install, you know, brick, high-end, expensive fences. You don't want somebody who's looking for a chain-link fence to to click on your ad. So you would maybe put in your ad, you know, minimum project is ten thousand dollars or whatever. Again, I know nothing about fences, so I'm just shooting from the hip here. Of course, I think it's better to write to think of your copy as pushing away the wrong people rather than just targeting the right people. That's, that's, that is a way, especially with Google, push away the people that you don't want to click on your ad. You only want the right people to be clicking on your ad. Instead of trying to get everybody to click on your ad, you want the right people to click, not the wrong people. Yeah, and so is there a methodology to determining what that is? It's again every niche every industry is is different it's really about knowing you know going back to my example of the plumbing and heating company you don't want the plumbing and heating company which is my client they're really looking for install projects right so they don't want people who are just looking for you know ac maintenance they want people who are specifically looking for uh you know getting a new furnace, getting a new AC, getting a new boiler. So you don't even want to talk about, you know, hey, we do everything for, you know, if you need a new AC, you need your AC maintained, you need an AC repair, we can do that for you. You want your ad to just talk about, you know, how is is your wife complaining because your house is too, you know, too hot. (laughs) You know, that ad is going to drive emotion. And then in the copy, you're talking about, you know, we can install a new energy efficient, uh, you know, AC unit or something like that. Those are the types of things where you're getting very specific and you're not talking about, Hey, we can do everything for anybody when it comes to HVAC work. We're only doing the, you know, obviously they do everything, but the, the ad is only targeting the right people. Uh, that's interesting. I, I never thought of it that way, but it makes total sense to me uh, that you would do it uh, in a way that excludes people. So you're not wasting clicks or time or you know you're you're training you're helping to train facebook and and identifying and finding the right people exactly so let's let's move away from facebook just for a little bit on direct response you you said Mm -hmm. you didn't you you do google for more b2b you do a little bit of youtube but you're not doing instagram now to me facebook and instagram are uh they're different platforms but you could you could do it from the same advertising back end why why not instagram Oh, uh, because I think uh, in my particular case, the clients I'm working with are typically not like consumer e-commerce. In fact, I don't have any like e-commerce uh, clients. So if you have, say, a uh, a consumer-based product like a, a treadmill or a clothing brand or something like that, Instagram is very powerful and would highly recommend it. I just, that's not the niches that I tend to, to be working with. So it's, you know, I'm not going to, a plumbing and heating company is probably not going to have very good success with, with Instagram ads. I do, you know, like I said, I do think if you have a, a, a strictly consumer brand, uh, which has a lot to do with image, I think, because obviously it's an, I don't, I don't mean just pictures. I mean, like 
so with a, you know, a treadmill, that's about getting fit. That's about, you know, getting healthier or whatnot. So you can have great videos and great pictures. Uh, that's going to, I think that's just something that would go well with, with Instagram. If you're a clothing company, that's about being in style or whatever. That's going to go great with Instagram. Uh, plumbing and heating company, probably not. That's interesting. So YouTube, let's, let's kind of talk about YouTube direct response. I See, I find YouTube to be even better than Facebook in some respects. A, I think it's less expensive. B, I mean, you could put, you could run your own video in front of your competitors' videos in a lot mm-hmm. of cases. I mean, you could do yeah. laser targeting on individual videos or, uh, and, I, and I don't find their targeting overall to be better uh, or even close to Facebook, but you could just target genres of videos that are in your field in order to, you put your video ad in front of people and they can't skip it. It's not like they can, mm-hmm. they can skip it after five seconds. Um, and you can also do discovery ads, but it just seems like uh, Facebook is a, a worthy a place to do direct, direct response. Where am I wrong? Uh, do you mean, do you mean uh, YouTube is a worthy, yeah, worthy place? I, yeah, YouTube. I don't know what I just said, but YouTube. <laughs> no worries. No, it, certainly, yes. YouTube is very powerful. Uh, it's, uh, and if you understand the whole algorithm thing and like, and how Facebook is working, YouTube is extremely similar to that. Uh, you know, we're all of us who are, you know, on YouTube, on our phones or whatever, we're attracted to certain videos. We're clicking on the other types of videos and just YouTube's learning all that stuff about us. And especially if you comment, YouTube is learning a lot more about you. So that is, that is certainly, uh, certainly a very powerful platform for me working with my clients to do it. The challenge is the fact that, you know, you have to have, you have to have like a a decent video to, to have it be successful. Whereas if I'm working with a client who they provide me with no pictures and and no nothing, their branding's terrible. I can still, you know, I can still come up with good pictures. I can still write good copy. I can't make the client a good video to, to use on YouTube. So if you are, um, if you have your own business and you know, you're, you're, you have your own e-commerce company or whatever, and you're doing your own ads, YouTube is fantastic. If you can make great videos or just decent videos, uh, you know, it can be just sitting in front of your webcam or whatever, just, just to get a good video out. It's extremely powerful. Like you said, it tends to be cheaper. You can put ads on your competitors' videos. Uh, I think it's fantastic. It's just for my particular, <laughs> for my particular business model and my particular clients that I'm working with. It's just difficult to get them to to make a good video. Okay, and yeah, I mean the video part of it—that is totally true. Hmm. It's hard to kind of A/B test a bunch of videos unless you create a, a, a wide variety of them. Uh, and splice and dice them differently. I've seen it happen, but it's a lot harder than what you're doing with Facebook ads. I just find that it'd be more impactful and they can last a lot longer. Uh, That is absolutely true, yes. I just don't, I've not seen kind of this A-B test where you post the video on YouTube, post video on Facebook as an ad to see which one converted better. I haven't seen that yet. I'm sure it's out there and somebody can chime in and send me an email if they have, but... uh, uh, it, it would be interesting to compare the two platforms side by side to see which converts better in terms of direct response. Mm-hmm. 
For, for me, I always, you, you did mention the cost factor. For me, I always, it always comes down to, to ROI. Um, a lot of the feedback I get like with Google, especially, is it's so expensive. You know, who wants to pay, uh, you know, we have clients who are paying 10, 12 bucks a click. And the initial feedback and the initial pushback is always, oh, that's so expensive. And it's like, I mean, sure, but what matters is the conversion rate. So with Google, you should have a very high conversion rate because it's extremely targeted. If somebody's typing in fence installers, they're probably looking for a fence, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you you do only high-end fences and, you know, your ad mentions, you know, minimum project $10,000, you're probably getting people who read that. So they're probably looking for a high-end fence. So your conversion rate's going to be really high. So if you're, you know, 10 bucks a click, who cares if, you know, one out of 10 of those clicks turns into a customer. Uh, So I just, I think that when it comes to, when it comes to cost, I, I always look at what's, what's the end ROI. And as an agency owner, that's where it comes into, I know my niche. Uh, When I'm jumping on a call with a, with a potential client, I'm looking at, you know, hey, I know your industry. I know what your profit margins probably are. I know what your minimum projects probably are. So I know, uh, you know, going into it that you know, 10 bucks a click doesn't really matter if one out of 50 converts or, you know, whatever. It all comes down to what's the end ROI. Yeah, I mean, uh, that is the bottom line. I mean, we can sit here and pontificate all we want, but mm-hmm. you're determining what that is and your, your, your return on uh, – Ad spend, I think, is uh, you know uh, just as important to kind of monitor. They're very closely related, but just important to, to monitor. Absolutely. So, okay. So, in terms of direct response advertising, what didn't we cover that we should have covered, if anything? Don't overthink it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, don't look for. You know, I did talk about, you know, looking for the the silver bullet, the cheat code or something like that. I just, I feel like so many people in marketing, especially those who are just like just starting out, they're always looking for that. And I, I think maybe where that comes from, which I'm getting off topic with the answer here, I think where that comes from is it was a lot more difficult, you know, 10, 10 years ago, whenever Google ads was still... I was still in its primitive state back then. I mean, it, it still was difficult. Now things are so, the technology, the platforms are so good. The technology is so good. It kind of takes away the necessity of having it, the cheat code or the secret, you know, Facebook ad strategy or whatever. Uh, and I just, I, I think emphasizing that over and over and over again where if you're using the the things that are tried and true, the Facebook, the Google ads, and and now certainly YouTube, there really isn't a a secret that you should be looking for. It's really just putting out the copy and letting the platform do the work. Okay. All right. Well, then with that, we're going to wrap up with our final two questions we ask everybody. Uh, first of which, which uh, I find your answer to be interesting, is what what do you consider the hottest digital marketing technologies that uh, that are out there today? Do you want to go ahead and read my answer? Or should I just <laughs> <laughs> well, your answer is a non-answer. 
what, what Dylan's basically said is, I recommend not trying to find the greatest, new, newest, bestest, latest tech. You know, besides the grammar, uh, the uh, the answer I think uh, <laughs> really, uh, you know, and, and there's something to be said for this because everyone seems to jump on the new technology uh, du jour, mm-hmm. which is I think TikTok could be one. There's a few others, and you know whether that makes it or doesn't make it, that there's always a risk. But I, I find that I learn from each of these things and, and then I know whether to jump on the next one or not based on kind of the, the patterns that I see. But you've got a different opinion. Yeah, for me, it comes down to uh, – it's not that I'm lazy. It's it's more – I was almost going to say because I'm lazy. It comes down to it being easier to – you know, because, you know, like I said, the, the platforms have gotten so good. Facebook ads have gotten so good. YouTube's gotten so good, et cetera. Because of that, it makes it a lot easier to get a positive ROI on your marketing, you know, whereas like with TikTok or again, I have no idea how the heck that works. <laughs> uh, doing Snapchat ads, which I think is a thing, never done it. It's it's new. You need to know the secrets. Everybody's still kind of trying to figure things out. And it's a lot harder to make the magic happen there. Yeah. Whereas you can be just decent at Facebook ads and still kill it, still make a, a great ROI, still be able to really expand your company and get growth. But with you know uh, Snapchat and TikTok and all those things, it's you're looking for the secret because you're trying to hack something that nobody's really figured out yet. So does that make sense? That makes sense. It does. Uh, so let's go to the second question then. Who is the most influential person in marketing today? <laughs> so my answer was Gary V. Right. And that's because he's the only guy I know. Uh, I, I have watched a couple of his YouTube videos and whatnot. I think he's, I think he's fantastic, but I do not look for the, the latest and greatest guru. I'm not, I don't keep track of that stuff at all. Um, and it's because for me, it's, I want to focus on what I'm doing. I want to focus on just getting better and better and better at what I'm doing. You know what? I, I, I'd love to, I'd love to tell you for me where this, where this mindset comes. You think we got like five more minutes still? Yeah. Yep. Oh, I probably won't take that long. So, so where, one of the reasons I do this specifically with marketing is there's a story that I picked up. I don't know where, maybe in a book, I, and I'm going to completely butcher this, and I apologize, but, but the, the lesson still holds true. So the story goes, and I think it was Jack Trout. Uh, in case you don't know, Jack Trout, uh, 22, or is it 20, 20, is oh, it yeah, 22 he, immutable laws of marketing? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, J- Jack Trout's amazing. I think he's passed now, but uh, uh, anybody who's into marketing, read 22 immutable laws of marketing. So the story goes that uh, there's like this conference or something going on and, you know, they do the intro and Jack Trout's there, but he's not, he's just like in the crowd or something. And at the end of the, the intro, they're like, okay, so we're going to over here, we're going to go to, there's going to be, we're going to break off into two segments. There's going to be the people who are going over into the advanced marketing. We're going to be talking about advanced stuff over here, the newest, latest stuff, the you know, Snapchats of the day. Uh, and over here, we're going to go to the basics. And Jack Trout, legendary. Again, I don't actually know if it's Jack Trout. It could be somebody else. But again, the lesson holds true with this story. Jack Trout starts walking towards the basics class. 
And somebody looks at him and is like, Jack, <laughs> you, you, you want to go over there, man. This, this is just the basics. This is the, uh, the fundamentals. I mean, you know the fundamentals. And he says something along the lines of, I just want to focus on the fundamentals and get better and better. An amateur practices something until they get it right. The master, the guru practices something until they can't get it wrong. So for me, chasing the latest and greatest stuff is practicing something new. Whereas focusing on the fundamentals, not chasing the, the shiniest object, um, you know, for me, that's, that's practicing the, the fundamentals and just going back and doing the same thing over and over and over again until I can't get it wrong. Does that make sense? And it, again, if, if <laughs> I completely butchered the story, I apologize, but I think the lesson holds true. Okay. Yeah. Do you know, to me, to draw an analogy on that, I kind of look at it as sports. You know, you, when, when I was growing up, you want to try every single sport, but there was a group of people that stuck with like basketball or soccer mm-hmm. and inevitably they become really good at basketball and soccer. And I couldn't, I, you know, I just wasn't a better player. Now, if you look at all the different sports, I think overall, you know, I would dominate them in football and some of their other sports, but it wasn't the deep expertise that they had in their particular sport. And I think that's what you're saying. It's like, okay, stick with a niche and become the master of that niche as opposed to being pretty good at everything else. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a good, uh, there's a good lesson there. I, I would agree. I, I was worried that that niche that you choose because Facebook is so capricious uh, that they end up doing something that totally jacks you up, and then you're you're out. Of, maybe you're not out of business, but you're significantly handicapped, and, and that's what I worry about. Uh, there's certainly uh, it certainly can be can happen. Uh, you know, I think it just comes down to Facebook's going to get better and better, and. Uh, you know, four years from now, maybe it does become TikTok. And, but it's not, you, you want to make sure that it's tried and true. Like, you know, YouTube's been around for years. It wasn't, you know, I, I didn't jump on the bandwagon until it was, until it was proven, until other people had done the trial and error. And then I just, you know, learned from those people instead of, uh, instead of trying to figure everything out myself. Okay. Uh, and, and so and it's totally understandable. Where can people kind of find you? Uh, Dylan Ogline everywhere. Last name's Ogline, O-G-L-I-N-E. Uh, visit my website, dylanogline.com. All right. Wonderful. Well, it was great having you on. Really appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to, uh, to talking to you again about this, maybe in, uh, in four to six months where we can talk about uh, TikTok and how you've mastered that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see how that goes on but uh but I, I appreciate it thank you so much for having me on mark my pleasure